Hello, fellow hellbound friends. My name's Jamie, and this is To Hell in a Podcast. But you were born. Welcome to planet Earth each day. It's death and more. Welcome back. My hellbound friends to the To Helena podcast, a podcast where four ladies who have probably been friends for way too long sit and talk about all sorts of different fun topics. And this particular episode is going to be fun. I'm not going to tell you what the main attraction is. I'm going to let Jamie do that for you because it's her turn to sort of take over and do something fun. But it is going to be a very history focused podcast. If you guys haven't figured it out already from what's happened, there's a lot of history nerds on this. One of them's a history teacher. The other one's married to a history teacher. It's just history all over the place. And so you'll you'll get more of these. So we really hope you enjoy. And I promise, as someone who doesn't love history quite as much, though I still enjoy it, I'm going to try and make it as entertaining as possible. So it doesn't sound like you're being lectured boringly by a teacher. I promise it's an interesting topic. It's, I'm sure it's going to be. I'm actually very excited because it combines one of the things that they love, history, with something that I love, which is judging people, partially, even though I don't know them. So pretty exciting stuff. As always, my name is Kelly. I'm so excited to have you back. And I'm joined by my beautiful, lovely, amazing, talented, and smart friends. So below me here is Erin, Queen of Scots. Hello. We got Jamie over on the side. We have Dot down below, and then we actually are joined by other Dottie, who's on the bed back there. She decided she wanted to photobomb, and I always hate when people don't introduce animals in videos to me, so we want to make sure you know who she is. That's Dottie laying back there. Podcast listeners, it's a very cute dog. She's very cute. She's got big bat ears and really big eyes. She just stares at you with. Like soul-sucking eyes. She is. She's weird cute. You know what I mean? She's Zoe Deschanel cute. Yeah. So. (laughs) Fruit bat. Fruit bat. So actually, the first thing we should talk about before we do the TMI is how egotistical is Dot for naming her own dog after herself? I mean, really, what were you thinking? She she just looks like a dot. And sure. She sure. doesn't have any dots on her. Oh, yeah, she, she does. She has no dots. Essence, her essence. It's not like a dot. It's like Dottie. It's also you think that because she is a little baddie. So like Dottie could also be like. Sure. 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 Egotistical sure. is what I'm going to call it. But, you know, we'll yeah. see. Like so guys, on, she's like full on sleeping now. She's our she <laughs> is. To sleep. She's, she's soothed by our voices, which is great. Maybe we'll do one of those ASMR videos once, except no, because I hate them. But so guys, for our TMI question, as I said, it's all history all the time today on the podcast. So our TMI question for today is that if you could have sex with one past president, and I'm going to put the exclaimer on here that this president has to be dead so we don't all choose Obama, because let's not lie, we'd all choose Obama. Yeah. So what past, and I mean past in both tenses, so past president, but also a passed on president, uh, would you have sex with? And I don't want to answer this first, because again, I'm so ignorant when it comes to history stuff. I know I'm going to be judged no matter what I choose. So I'm going to move it over to Erin Queen of Scots for your first answer okay so my answer would be teddy roosevelt because i feel like he's got big dick energy like that guy totally oh yeah he, he, like riding around rough, 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 he, rough yeah. rider he's a rough seriously oh yeah glasses teddy and like let's go to town i would not call him teddy though that would be not something that is that's not it's not a sexy nickname teddy and theodore isn't a sexy nickname either so he's gonna get called roosevelt like i'm gonna ask the question because i'm pretty sure one of you know what's his middle name i don't know matt matt if i my husband matt will probably during the podcast he'll probably as he's listening (laughs) he'll be be so angry that i asked because i'm i'm trying to google 
and no, I don't want to Google now. Now I want Matt to just be angry that we didn't solve this uh, one puzzle that we had. One, one, people should watch the PBS, the Ken Burns things, the Roosevelt's that talks about Teddy and FDR and Eleanor, but. Oh I yeah, was, definitely. That's a, that's a barrel of laughs. Very good. But I was going to say Teddy, because good sexual energy, but he was also very sweet. Like when his first wife died in his journal he put like the light in my life has gone out forever uh, I mean, like that i mean i'm gonna ruin mm-hmm. his life in the bedroom so i mean he'd write about me in his diary but probably for different purposes yeah. um so yours would be um, more therapeutic than anything probably this lady oh my god <laughs> this one wow um so then i will pass it to dot then to provide her answer <laughs> well first the, the 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 dog dot is now like fully like right next to me I think she keeps hearing her name and she's like why do people keep talking to me um because you're I, so cute dot I was going to say before you said that it was it had to be a dead one I was going to see, say Bill Clinton because of my already mentioned love for him in my second grade diary where I said He's, he's talked about the beanie baby. Except that he'd let you take the fall when you finally got caught and like not do enough to help you, even though oh, you're a poor I'm intern. I'm not, I'm not going to even rationalize it because you said he has to be dead. So, right. so no, that, I, now I want to judge your original no, answer. No, I'm no, just joking. <laughs> my other one was uh, going to be Andrew Jackson, not because he's a great person, because he's awful. Mm-hmm. Yes. Trail of tears, but like the sex hair and he's just so okay. like a wild... <laughs> But for for those who are on the the YouTube, (laughs) I thought Aaron might say that, so I had to pull up this picture. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, exactly. I mean, total, total hair. Just the hair. (laughs) (laughs) This sex hair. I mean, what what else could you describe it? It's crazy. You're like, how how this, did it get that way? This is going to be really trouble. bad images of just you and Matt together now for some reason. Like, uh-huh. you're so historically of like, man, this has to be a role play that they've done where you just no. fuck Matt yeah. while he's pretending to be Andrew Jackson. Yeah, you <laughs> and you know he could. He'd be telling you all this shit that's historically but, accurate. Yeah, I refuse to believe that doesn't happen. It's, it's one hell of a scary Halloween mask. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God. We will share that picture I, but I on do the think, Instagram page for y'all to see. Because it's yeah, I yes. I think that picture though, Matt could could achieve with some like moose and some maybe some pomade. Don't say that. Don't Aaron, don't put that angry. out there. Yeah. You're the one. Right? It's it's weird. Know. It's weird when I say it, but yeah. you bring it to a level that we that's too intimate now i really do believe that's gonna happen right like we've put it into the world and now there's no while he listens (laughs) (laughs) all right to get this off uh, back on topic uh jamie I'm doing the cop out one. The the obvious answer, if you can't do Obama, it's going to be JFK. Hello, Boston, mm-hmm. hot young thing. Um, I just feel like I would get like I would feel like I would get syphilis from him. You yeah, know? he, he wouldn't own you because he would he was a player, probably. But and that, I don't think condoms were super good back then. So I mean, you're really Andy, taking a risk. And he's Catholic, but obviously. Seems like to me that he would be someone. The thing about Catholicism is that if he's a repressed Catholic, then it can either be really good or really bad. It's like there's no in between. There's no. I want to know. Like I want to know. Like, Mm -hmm. because since he was like a you know playboy and you know yeah like no, but like my problem with him with choosing him, even though I do understand why you think he's the obvious because he he is a cutie macuter ten, but. The problem I have with him is that he's such a player and players just historically, and I'm calling all of you out right now, you're actually not that good in bed. You're yeah. too used to getting women in your bed because you look nice and you sound charming and you end up having to put no effort into yeah. it to get them there. And then yeah. you don't care about giving a lazy or bad performance because you know you're just going to get a good-looking lady in the next night. So. Yeah. Yeah, I just feel like he would not take care of you, and I feel like he would like 
finish and then just like roll off and be like night and just then I no then yeah, I'd be like hey I know now now you know and just compare <laughs> compare my choice to again podcast viewers will post on the Instagram compare it's JFK true. to Andrew Jackson and tell me which one <laughs> hey, you're gonna you're going by I was taking the unconventional. You took like, yeah, you took the easy out. Like, I, I just, care. I, I truly thought about it, and I thought he's crazy enough. He'd probably give you a good time. Yeah, he probably mm-hmm. would. Or he'd be like a fish just flopping around on there. One of the, one of the two. Yeah, I could see him being a flopper. Yeah, yeah, yeah one of the two. I really hope that like someone's distant, distant relative of these people listens to this and they're like, good God, great grandma. Oh, <laughs> he is a flopper. <laughs> or was a flopper. Cause he's a I really hope that his great, 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 great grandkids don't know what kind of sex he was having. I really hope that's not like a diary they just found and we're like, you know what, we're going to keep this one in the family. This one's not going to the Smithsonian. This one's staying right here with us. <laughs> Next diary of great, 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 great grandpa. Yeah. 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 Uh, Now I'm passing it on to Kelly. Yeah, so I think I'm actually choosing the clear and true winner of this question. And I actually don't know why no one else thought of this, but I am going totally OG and going George Washington. That's my second. I I did choose about him. How can't you choose George Washington? Number one, he was tall, and I thought that he was attractive, especially without the white, you know, hair thing, which I know is just he was pretty normal looking. But also, had breath and probably smell. Well, I mean, to be fair, everyone back there did. Okay, I don't think Andrew Jackson smelled like a daisy. So I'm just saying, all right, his his crotch area is not getting cleaned on the reg. So you better just hope you catch him on bath day is what I'm saying. Give him a basin to splash it. Another another plus for JFK, modern era, more bath. All I'm saying is that I'm taking the historical romance novel approach on this and acting like none of that is historically accurate and that he was able to bathe regularly and brush his teeth like we do nowadays okay give that to me because we're talking about having sex with dead presidents but also (laughs) what is sexier than a man who had all of this power he had all of this at his feet he had a new country under his wing and he went you know what It's wrong for one person to maintain power like this. It makes it exactly what we just freed ourselves from. So no, I'll only serve two terms. And that carried on throughout all of it. I think except for like FDR and maybe one more dude. I mean, come on, like. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, like, I mean, he liked to. He was my second choice, but I was like, I'm just going to go with like real big dick energy here right now. I don't think that anyone has any bigger dick energy than George Washington. He was such a boss. He had the highest position in the world. And he's like, yeah, I fought a war. I created a country. I was its first president. And now I'm going to peace out and go retire and go bang my wife. Seriously. If that's not big dick energy, what is, is my point. So that is very, he's mine. I like it. Yeah. And he's probably one of like the only non-corrupt presidents he had some things things, but well of course they all do because they're white men and you know they lived in an era where white men were allowed to be dicks a list of atrocities is not that era is still now (laughs) Hmm. look at yourself america not good but no it's true i mean you know but find any white american president who doesn't have something like that in their background and i will give you a cookie because i don't think that exists they yeah. all suck. You don't get to that position of power without being a bitch. No cookies. Nobody exactly. will get one. Nobody gets no cookies. cookies. <laughs> <laughs> all right, guys. So now that we've done that gross historical TMI question, which seems to be how they always go, I'm going to move it over to Jamie. As I said, just as another disclaimer, she's a history teacher. So she does actually know what she's talking about. You know, she's qualified to speak history to us. Not that I think you actually need to be qualified to talk history on a podcast, but she definitely is if it's a requirement of the podcast world. And she's going to tell us stuff about some famous guy and then we're going to judge it again. Yeah. Yep. 
So this idea is kind of based on a class I, and then even a little unit I would just did actually in world history on this figure. Um, but I've always been really fascinated with figures who are like kind of ambiguous, like not like, yeah, the, the like really true villains are fun to learn about, but it's, I always kind of enjoy ones who have been villainized, but as you learn about them, you're like, well, but, and you, you kind of evaluate more and more in, in the judgment piece. So our kind of main goal is about, yeah, I'm going to tell you about this guy named Fritz Haber. Um, and then what we all do best is I want you guys all to judge the shit out of him. Oh, <laughs> is, he more, is he more villain than not? you know, not necessarily all the way on hero side, but that kind of evaluation. So when my students did it, a lot of them thought of it like as a hundred percent. So they were like 60% villain, 40% on the good side. So like your evaluation of him based on what you learn. Okay. Oh, that's really cute. I was going to say, is he evil like Jamie was when she made us choose a fuck, Mary kill with wishbone? Like that's my <laughs> level of evil that I like. That's that on the would be the hundred percent villain. So I you think Chris judge. Evans is on my good side. So that's how I'm judging it. It's like you're either yeah. wishbone I, fucking or you're Chris Evans. Like. Can I do a addendum to wishbone because uh, Matt finally watched it like yesterday. He like YouTubed. He watched two whole episodes of Wishbone. Because Wishbone is delightful. Well, he was like laughing. He was like, oh, this is, a, and I was like, do not judge us 90s kids. I was like, he's actually telling a very coherent story and he's a dog. Yeah. Although a surprisingly, a surprising amount, like in each episode, the woman main character wanted to bone Wishbone. So, yeah. Uh, they were <laughs> very the Okay. <laughs> That does not make that okay. It doesn't. It'll never make it okay. That's my <laughs> scale. Is how close is it to Jamie or Chris Evans? <laughs> it has been set by Wishbone itself. The show. It, I yes. Terrible. Women wanted to bone him, and I was like, Yeah, but you have to be better, Jamie. That's how the world yeah. gets better. Is we all have to collectively choose to be better. Yeah. Nah. But anyway, tell us about yeah. this dude. Yeah, sorry, we know nothing about. Bona. Okay. okay. <laughs> so I'm going to start, give you some like context. So early years, just because this is just, and I'm not going to spend too much on his early years, but more to set the context of kind of who this guy is. So Fritz Haber is born um, in 1868. So late on the later side of the 1800s um, in what will end up becoming Germany. And he's born in a small town to like merchant parents. So like he kind of starts, he doesn't start kind of higher up. And a big thing to kind of really know about him is he's kind of born in this really odd, odd because it's so rare time in Germany where if he had been born a little bit earlier, he would have had a really different experience or if he would have been born later, he would have had a definitely different experience because he is, um, he has Jewish heritage. So he's born in this kind of weird time where actually Jewish individuals in Germany and, and across Europe, but especially in, in Germany were actually treated more, <laughs> unfortunately, most of their history, right, had been anti-Semitism and basically outcast and treated horribly, but they were actually like welcomed into German society. Um, but kind of also to know- They knew it would backfire on them so badly. <laughs> exactly. And like, again, that's- Don't trust anybody. Yeah. <laughs> and that's kind of, again, a big piece to note because he he really tried to distance himself from his Jewish heritage. He actually later converted and most people think again to kind of distance that piece. And he was uh, very much kind of secular. He was, really wasn't religious, but as we know in Europe, if you had that heritage, you were, you were seen as Jewish. So that's kind of his background. Um, and he really wanted, um, and kind of this whole time period, like a quote from his him about kind of Jews is we only want one limit, the limit of our own ability. So this idea that he wouldn't be limited by his religious background. So right away, you're like kind of cheering him on because he's the underdog. He's from the small town. And this is where you cue like that inspirational montage where he's trying to be his own man, not be defined by his past. He's moving to the big city. So he decides to like leave the little city life. Good job, Fritz. Yep. So that's on fire playing in the background. <laughs> right. Picture like 
I was like, think like Rocky, but instead of like athletics, it's sciencey stuff. Because now we're going to get into science. Fritz Haber is going to be a chemist. He's a scientist. So he's not necessarily running upstairs, but he's he's got dreams and aspirations. He wants to to like make it big in the science world. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I'm so bad at science. Like the only reason I passed chemistry was I got chicken pox. And yeah, me and Aaron got chicken pox. So we got to pass. So that's the only reason I passed. So Fritz. Bravo. And also I probably won't understand any of the stuff that you do. Well, and that's why I'm, I'm, I'm going to keep it easy. Amazing in quals. I don't know why. Kelly, I rocked it's that. Like we're splitting halfsies. We're yeah, really like little, it's like the Harry Potter background. You're like, Ooh, what magical chemical is this? <laughs> I know. I won't know any of it. I, I retain none of it. It was just because it was basically a logic puzzle. It was yeah. like, if this is yeah. true, then this, if this is true, then this, I mean, it's the only reason I can do it. I knew nothing about the actual I, chemical I, background Me and Jamie, I think we're we in the same chemistry class. I feel like we were, and we, I mean, we did one day of quals and we were so bad, but then we got, then chicken pox was sent from the heavens to save us. Yeah. <laughs> we were spared. Amazing. So tell us science, Jamie. What's science? Yes. So tell us all about the science. He, so he goes to college, blah, blah, blah. Skipping over. Fast forward. Now we're going to bring in romance. So while he's a professor, he meets who will become his future wife. And now she's the true badass of the story. We're not going to judge her because she's amazing. Um, so her name's Clara, and she actually was the first woman in Germany to pass this national entrance exam for pre-doctoral. Nice. Get it, Clara. I love her. Oh, yeah. And she was the first woman to be awarded a doctorate in chemistry from any German university. Get it, get it, get it, Clara. Nice. She's like, yeah, so she's like super smart in her own right, a scientist, and like, uh, I was reading that she was like really into women's rights and she was a pacifist. She was just like a really headstrong person. Let's and bring he, her on our podcast. Come yeah, on, Clara. Oh, <laughs> wait. Um, but, and she like turned him down for marriage a few times. But like, again, as you're like judging him, you're like, oh, he's like attracted to this really powerful, equal, like his equal. And he really did like, think she was like really smart and like he in his like future publishings and stuff he would always like dedicate to Clara because eventually when they do get married they end up having a kid a son and she ends up having to pretty much do the traditional route where she pretty much abandons her career um but she still does she still like kind of works with him more as like an assistant and like helps with those things and he does acknowledge it but she well, but again if you're in Right. As you're, as you're starting to yeah. be, it's like, okay, he's, he, well, it's not like he necessarily pushed her into that. She, he, she pretty much was, ended up being stuck doing that because of, well, we'll, we'll find out kind of more of his career. Kind of his career was taking the forefront. Um, and sorry, just one more disclaimer. We don't hate moms on this podcast either. <laughs> No. If you are a stay-at-home mom, we're not at all pretending like that's a bad thing or like you're stuck with it yes. at all. And it's just bumped Clara. And for Clara, yeah. she, that wasn't what she wanted. She wanted to continue pursuing her career. Yes. So that yeah, was exactly. that was like a uh probably could have afforded a nanny there, Fritz, but okay. Yeah. And um kind of just to give you more background on kind of his personality, like she really was attracted to him because he actually like attracted a lot of people to him like he was known for being like really social so like not you know when you think of chemistry nerds you're not necessarily like oh it's a really social guy yeah. but it's, it's, it's super not easy it. to be social with nerds with he especially was, science nerds yeah like he was quick I guess to joke and like a lot of like these budding chemists would like kind of flock to him as like a mentor and he was actually friends with Einstein like he he was just like well-respected and, and people liked him. So he was kind of a, a you know, just personality wise, he was a likable guy. Um, so now I'm going to kind of frame the first issue he faces. So he's really known for two innovations. And the first one has to do with a crisis. So by 1890-ish, Germany and really the rest of the world's facing a huge crisis. And the crisis is... There, while there's plenty of sunlight, 
to like sustain farming, um, there's not enough fertilizer. So essentially what ends up happening as they do the calculation, there's enough sunlight and like just natural sources of energy to, to feed about 30 million people, but that leaves 20 million people in Germany who are not part of that equation. And while I'm not a mathematician, I can tell that 20 million people that you're not able to feed is gonna be a problem. So world hunger- I'm sorry, can I just point in there real fast? When you first said, like you laid it out, you're like the first issue that he faced in 1890 is, and I had this moment of so much panic, like, oh my God, she's gonna expect us to be able to answer what this thing is. And I've done no study. Like I did it like such a teacher. It was so funny that I like, I had that moment of panic. Like, don't call on me, don't call on me. Eye contact, Kelly, look away. <laughs> I know, it just made me laugh. I just had to say it, just the way you said it. Like, I was like, oh my God. And then I'm like, you're an adult woman and you're not in school anymore. <laughs> okay, I'm not gonna be doctor. Yeah. She's not great. No, do it as you would. I just, it just made me laugh because <laughs> so, I had this one moment of panic. Yeah. So he and other chemists, like that's kind of their focus on their work of like feeding the world essentially. Um, and the really frustrating part for them is that the scientists at this time knew that nitrogen is key, like to fertilizing plants. And there's tons of sources of it. It's in the air all around, but how do you access it? How the hell do you get it from the air into, into the ground? And so it's like, Don't ask me, I feel yeah. cool. <laughs> and, <laughs> and like, again, this is becoming a huge conflict because there's not, a, there are some natural sources, like it can be found in seaweed and like manure and actually kind of a random side note, which all, both the articles are, so um, all my sources I'll link, but um, mostly using ra a radio lab podcast. Uh, how do how do you solve a problem like Fritz Haber? And then there's a Medium article about the monster who fed the world, um, which I love that title. Very That's title. That's very. Um, both of them talk about even like another big source was guano, which is bat poop, yeah. and so mm -hmm. Chile and Peru even went to war over bat poop because as a nitrogen source. So it's, it's a very much needed thing. And so Fritz Haber's trying to figure out how do I get this very plentiful nitrogen that's all around us into fertilizer. Um, and so he ends up figuring it out and I'm going to break it down into the most non-sciencey and I'm going to keep it short. Thank you. I have, Thank you. This, is, this is all I understand. So not being too sciencey, the biggest challenge he faces is that there's these, in the air, it's these tough bonds. So you have to break the bonds to get the nitrogen. So you need a ton of energy. So he ends up figuring it out. So he adds heat, super high pressure, and then his secret ingredient, magic. Just kidding, there's no magic involved. <laughs> he and beyond for a scientist. <laughs> and a little he pinch of magic. In, brings in the witches. <laughs> no. Um, his secret ingredient is, yeah, not as exciting. It's hydrogen. So it brings in hydrogen, not as exciting as magic. But what it does do is it creates liquid fertilizer. Ding, ding, ding. And this is super, super exciting. Um, and so in 1909, he officially shares this discovery, what's now known as the Haber process with the world. And the, the legacy of the Haber process, like this isn't something that people like just used then and was like, wow, this is amazing. And then it's been discarded. Um, today, in today's world, hundred million tons of fertilizer are produced each year using the Haber process. Oh, okay. Tons. In fact, Dang. here's a quote, and this is crazy. For nearly all of the 7 billion people on earth, including you, half of the nitrogen in your body comes from the Haber method. It is perhaps the greatest scientific discovery in history. Dang. Okay. And we've never heard of him before. Yeah. I've, I've never but, heard of him. I feel like case closed, but there's going to be a but. Yeah, yeah <laughs> there's the monster that, part that, that we still that amazing? need. I know. And, that, and then everybody lived happily ever after. And okay, guys, are you going to judge him? No. Um, <laughs> but the, yeah, I know. I was telling Kevin the same story. And he's like, yeah, it's crazy. Like that has such an effect on us even today. And most yeah. people have heard of him. Um, and yeah, a lot of people say if the Haber method hadn't been 
produced, right? There would be way more wars, you know, over um, food, like famine, um, starvation, malnutrition, um, that our earth would probably only be able to support like 4 billion rather than the 7 billion people. So really, literally feeding the world. And he's unsurprisingly, again, because of this, given the Nobel Prize in Chemistry in 1919. Right. Seems and as I said, we're done. <laughs> That's the story. Um, yeah. Unfortunately, no. So that, as I said, is one of his two major innovations and contributions to the world. The other one, not so great. Um, so at this time, his ego is like becoming massive because getting Nobel Prize, like people are just like fawning over him so people are saying yeah his like he's becoming way more arrogant he's really vain now he's mingling with all the german elites he's ditching clara to take care of their son so she's at fritz now he's 100 percent villain <laughs> um, and a big thing about him to kind of keep in mind and i kind of mentioned hinted at it earlier he sees himself way more as german than jewish and he's super patriotic so if and Kelly, my history teacher, if you're you're noting the general time period, there is a giant conflict involving Germany going on around this. This time. answer I know: Nazis. Not yet. <laughs> World War One. Not World yet. Nazis. Nazis are to come up. I promise. I know. I'm just joking, but I I, I have I, to be I, an idiot about it. I know, and I promise that the Nazis, <laughs> as in any German story, will come up at the end. Um, and really in any debate, who hasn't brought up Hitler in every debate when you're judging somebody? So. Any debate. doesn't even have to. It can be on any topic. Hitler comes up. Yeah. It um, does seem to happen a lot. <laughs> so patriotism is like a major force for him. And at this time, Germany's at war, World War One, And kind of a really famous quote that's attributed to him, I think, really sums up his attitude during war. Um, so the quote is, in peacetime, the scientist belongs to humanity. In wartime, to his fatherland. Oh, I've heard that one before. Mm-hmm. Interesting. So, I think I know oh, no. Is that because I'm deeply German? Is that why? Do I just know that quote? You're because not, I'm German. You're, you're, I you're hope born. not. You're like, I'm very concerned. During war, I am loyal to the fatherland. Um, um, yeah, don't get into war with Germany. Otherwise, yeah. we'll have to start watching Aaron over here. Uh, <laughs> Uh, and the big thing about him too is, again, he's not like reluctantly brought into the conflict as a scientist, you know, sometimes during wartime scientists, you're pretty much forced into it. He like right away volunteers. He's like, put me on this. I'm going to help. I'm going to use my science for good. Wink, wink, his version of good. Um, he's like, I'm going to help Germany win. And he lets his superiors know that, hey, the same process that I use to create life, if I reverse it, we can destroy it with explosives and chemical warfare. Oh, Fred. Oh, he's going to be also known as the father of chemical warfare. Fred. It's the mustard gas, right? Yeah, I was like, did he do mustard Chlorine. Gas? But yeah, he starts, he starts at this off. So Clara, again, I already mentioned, she's like a real pacifist. She mm-hmm. like immediately condemns this. Like, no, 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 no. Like you are not using your, 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 your smarts for evil. Like, no, no, no. But he, at this point, like I said, nothing can stop him. Um, and really the generals weren't convinced because this was like a totally different, right, type of fighting. And they mm-hmm. were like, so it's not like they were even asking for it. He was just no, like, just yeah. did it. He was like volunteering this information because they're like, Seriously. you know, when he when he says this, they're like, that's not how we fight. Like that's not very noble, right? It it feels well, them feel like shitty. Feel shitty. I mean, that's what that's what World War One a lot like it's known as because a lot of the techniques and stuff were was like sort of Victorian, like yeah like past uh techniques being fought with modern weapon like more modern weapons and that's right devastating exactly so he's like no we got to use this and the generals are like 
well, that's not how we fight wars. We fight wars by killing people with normal things like cavalry, cavalry, <laughs> all of those. But Haber, because he has a, quite a bit of clout at this point, he's able to organize his own units. He's a, able to actually travel to the front himself. So he's not, he's not only creating, we'll see with chlorine gas, like in the back, like way, way away and not like seeing firsthand what it does. Like he wanted to be there and he was right there on the front seeing it be used for the first oh, time. Prince. Um, so that happens in 1915 in Belgium. Um, the American or the British, the Americans call it the town yeeps, the battle. Mm-hmm. Um, and so they end up having to wait weeks, right? For the perfect conditions with, with uh, the wind. So they wait, wait, Fritz is there, hanging out, ready to go. And finally, they end up releasing this chlorine gas, 168 tons of it. Um, And it was described basically like a yellow cloud wall moving across. And other people described, um, people who are gassed said it was like drowning on dry land. Um, a Canadian soldier who was gassed and survived, he described the attack as, quote, an equivalent death to drowning only on dry land. The effects are there, a splitting headache and uh, terrific thirst, a knife edge of pain in the lungs and the coughing up of a greenish froth off the stomach and the lungs. And Haber's like, Woo, that worked. Great success. 70,000 allied troops are dead. Woo-hoo-hoo. So he's like, He's majorly celebrating and he's like celebrated and promoted in Germany. Um, So he gets home and Clara, not so happy, right? (laughs) She's like, yeah. 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 So you can imagine. Conscience. (laughs) Yeah. So she calls him morally bankrupt. Shocker. Um, She's horrified. And in spite of that, he throws a party to celebrate. Like, can't you, like, at least, I mean, it would be bad enough if he was, like, proud, like, sort of secretly proud that it worked, but, like, throwing, right. throwing a literal party after you gassed, like, 70,000 people. Yeah. yeah. Right. And, like, yeah. in face. Batman villain. Like, like No, in fact, you know what it reminds me of is in the, like, not the newest Wonder Woman, but the original one with Gal yeah. Gadot that came out. This is literally a plot that they use for, like, their super villain, where he literally throws this party and then he gasses an entire town with this new terrible weapon that he has. Yeah. And it's just yeah, like... Yeah. And people see it in movies with like superheroes and stuff. And it's like, guys, that's, that shit is not some super villain that does it. That's a normal guy. I mean, a brilliant guy. I mean, guy with a brain that obviously he doesn't know how to use it correctly. Right. Uh, You know, and it happens. It happens constantly. It happens all the time. That's not a super villain and there's no superheroes to save it. Like that's just people. That's just straight humans. The horrifying part too is that the next piece totally sounds like something from a movie. So he throws this big party and Claire is like, I'm done. This is it. And so later that night when he's sleeping, she actually goes out to the garden and she shoots herself in the stomach. Clara! Clara, no! No, because it's like, it's not her, like, I mean. I know, but she wanted, she wanted no part of it, like, so much. I mean, married people to a monster. Yeah. How awful And another horrifying thing is their 13-year-old son finds her and she's still, like, clinging on to life, but she, she ends up passing away. Oh. And then, and then. The same day, Haber goes off back to the front and leaves his son. No, hundred percent villain. Oh, you Fritz. Mm-hmm. Yeah, fuck you, Fritz. Now I know. Yeah, that one like is it, hard to stomach, and like you can you can see how you can maybe rationalize like sort of the. You know, you're killing people, but they're not people that you. They're the enemy. Yeah, but like, there's a whole other kind of heartlessness leaving your child after your wife of how many years. Yeah, found his dead mom. Yeah, just died. Yeah, even you. It's like, aren't you grief stricken? Like, I'm. I'm sure. I'm sure. Wrote about it. Yeah. Day or two off. 
Mm-hmm. And he said, yeah, I mean, in the future's things, you know, he'd, uh, he'd like mourn and he ended up getting remarried later, but yeah, okay. I mean, uh, exactly. But like that idea of just going out to the front, literally the next day, That's it's like, going to murder more people and take a week. Yeah. Um, and also historians say that really this innovation of chemical warfare really pushed the war longer, leading to more deaths because it let Germany keep right keep going on so he contributed to that now eventually germany's going to lose and haber like most of germany is humiliated um and it really doesn't get much better for him so his end the end of t- end part of his life is not a happy time for him his Good. son the same one who discovered his wife clara um ends up going to america but he also ends up killing himself um, and then he ends up getting married a second time and divorced. And one of his children from, he has two daughters from that marriage. And the oldest daughter ends up taking her life too. That's not great, Fritz. That's uh, not a good, that's not a good body cap behind you there. Uh, yeah, that's what I like. Uh, yeah, I, not that like, obviously, like. Yeah. Suicide, like obviously suicide mental illness is like so complicated, but like, dude, maybe, maybe there's something to do with you. I mean, he just like, it, I, there was, it sounded like he just was not ever like, he just didn't connect do they, and understand. Sorry, and, Jamie, in yeah. World War One, do they connect a specific death count with him? Like how many people they think probably yeah, like, died as a direct result? Not, I'm, and I'm sorry, I don't mean to call you out because I know you, oh. it's not like you know it backwards. And yeah, forwards. I don't have a specific number. So if you're thinking of like, so definitely in the hundred hundreds of thousands in the the chemical warfare but most people would say like millions because it it kept the war going right yeah the war ticked on there were more battles so because this chemical warfare really gave germany a shot when they really didn't have much in the yeah um so i mean most people again if they're you're looking indirectly at least millions of people um and then by the 20s of course here come the Nazis as normal. Nazis take power. And while Haber's actually exempted from a lot of the early policies aimed at Jews um, in Germany because of his service in World War I, he watches all of his Jewish colleagues suffer and he resigns his post kind of in protest and ends up having to leave Germany, which, as I'd said, he's so patriotic. So this like broke his heart. And basically ends up wandering Europe he has some time in England, and then he ends up dying oh. in a hotel room in Switzerland. Oh, so he's black. Like, I feel like the rest of Europe would be like, hey, buddy, we know what you did against us. That's we what I mean. He's France. <laughs> right. He's not really, well, like, he's pretty much, even though he had that Nobel Prize, like, at the same time he won that, obviously the allies and stuff are calling him a monster and a war criminal. So he's... He goes, he bounces around. Yeah, he doesn't ever have a place that really welcomes him. And so that's why he ends up dying in like a hotel room in Switzerland. Like just not alone, right? Just a kind of really sad piece kind of end to his life. But there's also a little another epilogue relating to the Nazis. (laughs) This one you can't blame really on Haber because he's dead by this time. So he dies in 1934. Um, (laughs) legacy his scientific pieces lived on in the nazi era so nazi scientists discovered all his notes and all his stuff left in germany including a pesticide called zyklon a which they had he purposely had added um a smell to a really like noxious smell because it was so deadly like to basically warn people hey this pesticide's being used get the heck out of here Mm-hmm. Nazis take it, take the smell out, become Zyklon B. That's what's used in the concentration camps to kill millions and millions of Jews, including a lot of his own relatives. Um, let's see. I know like his, I think it said some of his grandnieces, grandnephews, friends. So like his own relatives being used by, and again, he was not himself part of that era, but they used his notes. Yeah, they're still, I mean, because obviously 
so that he, he he didn't think about using that as like a chemical warfare in World War One. No. Not at least it hadn't been fully used. So it was originally when they created it was a pesticide, a really strong pesticide, or at least with like insect killing properties. Um, yeah. And that idea again that they even added the smell in because it was so dangerous that they're like we got to add something that's gonna like warn people if you're using this um and kind of my last thing that i'm gonna end his story with is you know this idea of how do you judge him obviously there's a ton to be judged for um einstein who as i said was a friend of haber's had said about haber this is kind of how he summed him up he said haber's life was the tragedy of the german jew the tragedy of unrequited love you're a good person and you you contributed a lot to the world but no go fuck yourself and Einstein was kind I, of a piece of shit too I mean he had some problems yeah. well and, and the whole problem is is that it's not like because I get it right you know it's like why you think there's balance there number one he created this thing and it saved a lot of people's lives but clearly he didn't go into that with humanity at his doorstep that clearly that wasn't his the thing that he wanted he just he was just a scientist who wanted to solve a problem which that's all science is that's all it ever is you know it's like it's just people going into a room having a problem and wanting to figure out how to solve it now a lot of the times they have very positive impacts you know the creation of penicillin even the harbor effect that he created you know but when he went when he made a conscious decision to choose the fatherland over humanity that wasn't him just going in and fixing a problem that was him actively saying i want to find a way to kill as many people as possible that are not german so that my country can win a war that yeah. that was his that's his only intent when he goes into the second portion of it you know because as you said nobody asked him to do it nobody said we need this thing or here's this puzzle figure it out scientists he literally went in there himself and said here's this great thing that i can do for you right and let me let me introduce it to you even though you're not thinking about it and it's not anything you want right. and even the idea of saying well he you know he didn't want to do it with the nazis it's like no the only reason that piece of shit didn't work with the nazis is because he started seeing the impact that the Nazis had on his own yeah. family and friends. Like it wasn't until it was at his own doorstep yeah. that he said, I'm not, I don't want to be a part of this anymore. And it sounds to me like even in the end, he did not regret making what he did or helping the Germans in World War One. It's not like he, the end of his life condemned it and said that he wished it was something that he had never done. You know, yeah. clearly it was something he was proud of really until the day that he died. So yeah. I'm, I'm sorry, place. villain. In a bad place. And there yeah. were, yeah, that idea of regret. Yeah. There, some people had like some rumors on, on his deathbed, but most people, when I looked like most historians said, there's no, um, no proof that he regretted anything, that he had no yeah. regrets, that the only regret he had was that Germany lost. Yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah no, he's a piece of shit. Bad place. Well, you think that like just by doing something good like say in like your normal life like you know you let's say you do something good you make your husband breakfast and coffee well if you then later that day do something shitty to him like poison like, him and yeah, like, him. that doesn't mean like well you know it, it just evens out like he, she made you know it doesn't even the out it's like, I made was <laughs> you did something shittier that was big like presumably bigger well in a world i agree kind of like the same sort of aspect like that it, with the, the hover effect and stuff it was it was just him solving a problem it wasn't a problem that he was like i'm just gonna solve this problem and i'm just gonna fix it versus the gas which was i would like to murder a lot of people and not get shot in the face how can i do that mm -hmm. and then he came up with deadly gas which i have personal feelings about because i watch little princess all the time and that gas almost murdered her dad so like i can't like it makes me very upset <laughs> like, yeah, there's no her. ambiguity it's not like 
he didn't know what it was going to do. Right. Yeah, yeah he created it specifically. Because that's one thing that I think scientists oftentimes, like, it'd be different if he had created this harbor effect and then another scientist had stood on his shoulders. Sort of like with the pesticide, right? You know, it's like other scientists took his research and created something deadly out of it. But really, and, you know, the truth is, is that eventually someone somewhere would have come up with chemical warfare. It's an unfortunate truth that humanity will continue to try and be the worst it can possibly be, while some people try and be the best. Looking at you, Clara, you're a badass. I know. But, you know, but it's kind of like, you know, you you created this thing on purpose. It, nobody just said, hey, you know, this thing that he created, we could use it to kill a bunch of people. He literally said it. He was like, hey, you know that thing I created that saved millions of lives and, you know, allowed us to have the, you know, the world that we have now? It's like, well, now I want to use it and murder a bunch of people instead, you know? It's yeah. like, that, yeah. you know, one well, doesn't make people- you- a lot of people have done that to science where they're like, look at this wonderful invention. I'm going to pervert the fuck out of it. Like that's happened, but yeah. he did it to his own invention. Like he did it. it. Is. He did it to his own. Like, right. It's the intention. And honest to God, my opinion will probably be different if they had been switched, right? If he had created chemical warfare in a war and yeah. then he had realized that he yes. could use that same thing in order to feed the world instead, you probably would have a different opinion about him, right? You know, because yeah. he that's would have true. used something that he had created that is deadly and ended up using it to try and help humanity in the end of his life. But he did the exact opposite. You know, he saved millions of people and then he turned around and killed millions more, you and, know? And he went when people mm-hmm. who created the atom bomb like regretted it, I mean, there's like multiple documented cases that they regretted it. They regretted dropping it. Like they regretted everything. And, and there was one no of my, regret. sorry. So one of my favorite quotes, and I want to try and make sure I remember it is Warren Von Braun, who I think he said, oh. he said the rocket worked perfectly. It just landed on the wrong planet. Like that, that was what he said about creating the atom bomb, because the truth is, and the way that he described it in his later life was that, you know, he got into it because it was the cutting edge of rocket science, you know, and that was what he wanted to do. And he felt like he was helping his country. And then, you know, he saw it drop and he saw what it did. And he said, you know what, the rocket, it, it did exactly what it was supposed to do, except that it didn't go to another planet. Like, like he had intended and it just shows how some scientists just lose it in in the pursuit of something that they really want that they don't think about the consequences of it and but harbor in this particular instance he knew exactly what he was trying to create he knew exactly what the consequences of that would be and never regretted later well i mean and maybe you know like maybe later in you know hell where he is now when he sees that his own family is killed because he's he's created this thing in the world that now others are using uh Mm -hmm. to hurt people that that were related to him people that he cared about and loved you know it's like maybe if there is such thing as an afterlife he he's feeling regret about it there but he's in hell with Rush Limbaugh yeah I don't think you I don't think it can be much of a debate I think intention here is the thing that matters most and and it's the one so thing hard. I knew he intended yeah. to do was kill a lot of people. Well, that's a queen. He's a piece of shit. I do well, think he intended to to feed Germans, right? Yeah. It was that was another patriotic piece of yeah. how can I solve this problem to help Germany? But yeah, I think I I think I'm always shocked by, you know, when you hear him go to the front, you think he's going to see his weapon used and be like, "What did sure. I do?" Right. And instead, it's like yes, that's exactly what I wanted it to do. Let's try more. Let's create different gases. Like that part, I was pretty like, no, no disguising that you, there's no excuses, you know, exactly. A lot of people who create weapons don't see them used. And then when they see them used, they're like, oh, fuck, never mind. Like, I don't like that. I regret that. Like a bunch of creators of a bunch of weapons have later said, like, I regret this immensely because it killed so many people but like he didn't. he didn't he went back to the front line after he saw it made i mean you know it's, his it, wife killed herself he just was like yeah. bye and like left his poor little baby like baby boy to like 
born over his mom and he was like i'm gonna go murder some more mom like some more dads so then orphan babies bye seriously it's you know he he felt the 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 heartbreak and loss of of someone you love and 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 you know and and this is why and not to make it modern day political but this is why sometimes you get so angry about people who are against things like universal health care or welfare or things of that nature because the truth is is that they're losing the humanity of the people that they're actually talking about you know they make them theys they make them thems you know it's like they don't see that that person just like you is a full person they have family they have friends they have their own story their own life their life is just as rich and deep and meaningful in the world as your own is but they don't want to look at it that way and that's exactly what he did he he saw all of these men die and i'm sure not just men you know i mean there are there are you know women who are nurses and things of that nature you know it's like he kills these people and he refuses to see them as people you know, he totally strips them of their humanity in his notes and in what he does. And then he, you know, he turns around. And and the only good thing is that they're not a bunch of people who are as smart as he is, because you know there's a bunch of people out there who do that same thing. They do it on a much smaller scale with the way that they vote and the things that they support or don't. But, you know, it just, it shows this is what happens when somebody has that sort of thought process, but has this mind and the ability to do way more with it than other people do for sure. you know like the jurassic park <laughs> just because you can do something doesn't yeah. mean you exactly you know it's true it's, it's a super is it amazingly delivered by jeff goldblum yes and is it an yes. accurate statement yes yes uh, yeah follow, follow the ian malcolm way of life just yeah. because yeah just because um, with a bunch of people and question science ian malcolm <laughs> all right well and it's true you know one thing that science has lacked for a very long time and aaron i'm sure you know this better than anyone going through you know all of your therapy training uh you know is that is that science for a very long time never had the burden of ethical, uh, you know, weight on what they were doing, you know, and that's actually, and people would be surprised. We'd probably do a whole episode on how, how new in history, the ethical portion of science that we see now was actually created for most of our history as humans. Yes. There was absolutely but, none of it, you know, and, eth- and like um, the ethical, like when you go over ethics stuff, some of it, you're like, well, duh. But then when you get there, you're like, no, the reason this is in yeah. here is because people used to not it's, think that. Yeah. Like, because a hundred percent says we can't have sex with clients. I'm like, well, clearly. But then you're like, oh, oh no, a lot. Oh, a lot of people did that. Oh, how many? Oh, okay. All right. We'll yeah. just keep that. We'll keep that rule in there just to, yeah. just to be safe. Yeah. But, you know, like, I'm also not a piece of shit. So I'm not like, man, I should, you know, use my power dynamic and like, bang one of my yeah. clients but people did or so, well you know an experiment on people exactly yeah. well, and it's just that thing about science you know where it's like you you have you you know it's like you they get so caught up in it and I get it you know I mean if you're obsessed with this one thing I mean and think of all of the hours that you put in you know it's like to get your degree to study you know it's like to research to fail over and over and over again trying to solve this problem that it it makes sense how they can lose the forest in the trees, right? You know, that they can lose the big picture of everything and like, well, what will this discovery actually do to the world, to people, you know, it's like to our environment, all of those things, you know, and yeah, but he and sucks. Go yeah. he well, does suck. I was just thinking about, yeah, like I mean Kelly, I know you mentioned Werner Bonn. He He's actually in, there's a Apple TV series uh, for all mankind. It's about the early NASA space program, but it's like an alt history. But he was an actual person who, yeah, he was a German scientist. And it made me think sort of him as a um, sort of similar to her because he, so he was a German scientist and he was sort of forced by the Nazis to do, well, he was part of the Nazi program, but he claims he was forced to do science stuff. And he had pe- people working in con- like basically labor camps for to do his like science stuff. So later he later after the war he comes to the United States and he actually becomes head of NASA during the 60s 
when <laughs> we went to the moon and stuff but like yeah and it came out and people you know he again claimed I was just doing my science stuff I didn't really know what was going on even though they did say he had been to the labor th- camps like he did know well and also you're too smart you know us and they're like well you're smart so leave yeah. <laughs> yeah nobody who's won a nobel prize you know like who's that smart can come back and say like no i was totally ignorant of this it's like you've never been ignorant no. a day of your life you know it's like no way you know but yeah yeah i i say total villain i i don't think that what he did to save people negates at all no. the things that he did to kill them especially because he killed them in what was the most probably one of the most horrendous ways you could die i mean like yeah yeah and showed no like remorse for it like in any way so if you think of like in the good place show with the points it's like sure you get two million points for feeding these people but then you get minus 20 million points for (laughs) what comes after so it's not you're you're ultimately still in deficit so and so jamie right and so, Jamie, before we wrap this up, guys, because I know it's been a long episode, but a very interesting one. And thank you, Jamie, because I would have never known about this guy or gotten so angry about him if it hadn't been for you. But I'm just really curious. So you're she's a middle school teacher, just so people know. Um, high school. Sorry, you're a high school teacher. That's right. I always think of you as a middle school teacher because of how you started out. But I'm just curious, how did your students end up falling on him? I wonder what you know, what people younger than us would think about him. You know, they, they saw him as a very complex, like I had a lot who were like pretty close to even, or like a little more, I had definitely had more who leaned more villain, but nobody who was like pure, pure villain. Like people did know like the contract. He's, he wants to, Fuck Wishbone. He's in that area. He's in that. Yeah. Nobody He's as far from Chris Evans as he can be. Like Chris Evans. <laughs> mine. Yeah, I was surprised. Nobody went like everybody like at least acknowledged some aspect because like a lot of them wrote like either obituaries or they did like an art piece or they. My obituary like fuck you. Fred. <laughs> I do think that's fascinating though how you know because they're so to, especially in comparison to us they're so young you know yeah. that it's like you where think thinking more black and white like yeah, you know, that, that, yeah. 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 Um, you just when yeah. you have more life experience I think you do tend to be more black and more, white yeah a lot of weight to that the Haber process because it's so much part of the world today that they were like we can't discount that like no they were very they were very much majority of them majority of them couldn't move past that piece to to go like heavily but again most of them still like leaned on the villain side um nobody was like a a clear defender compared to like if we do this series again i'll bring some from my villains class and that one i had some ones who are more or I had some like really fierce defenders where they were like they were wrong (laughs) um so I can bring out some of those but yeah yeah I I loved this honestly I thought this was really fun and I learned something about a person that I I never thought I and probably would never have heard of despite what clearly are is a really great and then an extremely terrible uh portion of our of our history as human humans and our humanity so um but guys we do have to end it because I don't want this podcast to be too too long but again Jamie thank you for doing all of that research and everything again we'll link in our Instagram and you know in the notes all of her uh sources the two that she had Andrew Um, Jackson's picture (laughs) and Andrew Jackson's picture because let's make it all back Clara. You know, I'm almost sad that yeah, we talked so much about sex and fucking in this episode because I would love for you to bring this back to your students and been like, look at what people who are in a totally different age group and totally different. Do you know what I mean? Like, it's just fascinating because yeah. I wonder if you, you know, it's just like, what would people like my parents' age think if you describe this to them? You know, it's like, would they be as black and white as we are? You know, it's like, would they be yeah. more in the gray? You know, I just think that's fascinating. Yeah. Um, well, penis 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 planner for you 
oh, I'm definitely telling my parents about it and being like, what do you think about this guy? Because I think he's a total dickhead. But yeah. <laughs> and that's the nicest word I can come up with to describe him. Not that he deserves it. But anyway, guys, thanks so much for listening. We appreciate it. If you are new here and this was your first episode, we hope you enjoyed it. If you're a frequent listener, thank you for coming. If you know what Teddy Roosevelt's middle name is, please comment it somewhere to us and try and do it faster than Aaron's husband can do it so that he's not the first one to inform us of it. Like um, without a Google search. If you know it's exactly. without a Google search. You have to know it just off the top. We're not going to know. Comment it however you want. But also, <laughs> you know, please make sure to like, rate, comment, subscribe. We appreciate all of that. We hope you've enjoyed it as well. And uh, till next time, our Hellbound friends, have a good night. Bye. You didn't ask for a bird, but you were born. Welcome to planet Earth each day. It's death and more. Watch it die